0: The headlines have certainly been full of stories about Ukraine. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine. You know, one of the most recent headlines is that Russia is so desperate for manpower that they're sending drug addicts and convicts off to war. What does this show? I think this shows the severe manpower constraints that the Russian military is beginning to see. You know, we've already heard stories about the Wagner Group. Uh, that's the Russian mercenary private military that's controlled by Putin's ally of Jenny Prigozhin, uh, recruiting in prisons. So, with frontline troop casualties now exceeding well over a hundred thousand service members, and with uh, what looks to be hundreds of thousands of young Russians who fled the country in the, during Putin's first mobilization. Russia is really being forced to turn to very low-quality conscripts. Drug addicts and convicts do not result in well-trained, highly motivated troops. You don't train skilled artillerymen, infantrymen, or armor soldiers overnight. And you want quality recruits to man those positions. So sending these types of soldiers uh, will simply result in butchery. Butchery, both of those who are being sent, uh, as well as we've seen lots of war crimes uh, perpetrated uh, already in Ukraine. Another problem mass desertion and the likelihood of these undesirables turning on their own commanders. The only advantage that recruits from this social strata, if you will, provide Putin is that it may provoke less social resentment and civil unrest among his population than if the military were subjecting middle-class children to the bloodletting that we're seeing in the Donetsk region. We've also heard a lot about uh, tanks going to Ukraine. Uh, The Ukrainians have been asking for tanks, Uh, the Germans are holding back from giving them tanks, uh, and uh, the U.S. is holding back from giving them tanks. Uh, other European nations want to give them tanks, but most of those European nations are armed with German leopards. And the agreement with the Germans is that they can't resell those tanks or give them away or lend them out without German permission. So, now um, well, the Ukrainians have been asking for 300 tanks. That's give or take three armor brigades worth of tanks. And yeah, that represents about 5% of the German leopards uh, that are available in, in Europe. It's really only about 25 or, two or 3% of U.S. Abrams tanks. So it's not a lot, really. But there are very few Abrams in Europe. And moving those 70-ton monsters uh, is pretty logistically challenging. The German leopards are about the same size, but they're already in Europe, so it'd be a lot easier to get them into Ukraine. Now, what's the issue for Germany? Germany doesn't want to lead the pack. Germany invaded Russia and fought two wars against Russia in the 20th century, with millions of casualties on both sides. So they want the U.S. to be firmly in their corner. They want the U.S., to commit to providing Abrams so that the Germans know the U.S. is firmly committed and won't abandon Germany out on a limb facing Russia by itself. Now, the U.S. does have legitimate concerns about the logistics of providing Abrams to Ukraine. Uh, What's the answer? The answer to that conundrum is to do as the Brits are doing, Uh, that is, go ahead and provide a dozen or so Abrams to Ukraine to provide cover for the Germans to go ahead and send leopards and authorize other NATO countries which have leopards to send them on to Ukraine. Poland has 250 Abrams on order from the U.S. with delivery set to begin this year. So let's just give Ukraine a dozen of them to break this deadlock and get them the armor they need. Now, 300 tanks is a chunk of firepower, but they can't invade Russia. They can't drive on Moscow with that number, although they can certainly wreak havoc with Russian supply lines. Now, we heard also that Zelensky, President Zelensky of Ukraine, has has questioned whether Putin is even still alive. Now, frankly, that appears to simply be a rhetorical question. I think he means it more as Who's in control? Now, Putin is pretty clearly still in control, but the question is for how much longer and who will succeed him. He's already imprisoned, killed, or driven out of the country, all of the prominent opposition figures. Question is, how does he continue to control a military that's been wasted by incompetent leadership, failed logistics, And is now being replaced by convict mercenaries. You know, filling the ranks with drug addicts and yet more convicts is not a recipe for success. Remember, in World War I, a large part of the Russian army revolted and helped depose the Tsar. Putin fancies himself as Peter the Great, destined to rebuild the Russian Empire. But he may wind up instead as Tsar Nicholas deposed by the forces he set loose. This is Bill Inyard with Reflections from the River. You can email me at bill at billinyard.com. That's B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T dot com. Audio production today by Tom Calhoun, www.paguytom.com. Thanks for listening.